What's going on, people? All right. This is part three of my Q on One interview with actor Scott Schwartz. And we wrap up our conversation uh, with stories of how he's been able to help mentor people or how he would like to see people improve upon their situation. We get into the two Corys and discuss that. And Scott provides a lot of insight to things that were going on in the 80s that a lot of us were not privy to. So get ready to enjoy the final installment of my Q on One interview with actor Scott Schwartz. This is the longest interview I've ever done, but when you have someone who's as open and honest as Scott is, you you don't put a cap on that. You just keep talking and enjoying the conversation, which is what I did, and I hope that you have also enjoyed. So sit back and take a listen, and we'll wrap things up with this one. And you know what? While you're on a roll, I thought about something that I failed to ask you, and it, it just goes back to, to, to acting. What would be your dream role? I mean, I don't know if you've already played it or not, but if not, what what would be your dream role if you can play any type of character in a movie? You know, it's a great question. I don't even think I've ever asked myself that question. Um, let's see. Wow. Because the thing is, it's like you gotta you've got to take someone else's place, thing that already exists. So what I say. I would okay. have loved to have been an Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein. Yes, of course. Would I have loved to have played the Gene Wilder role in Blazing Saddles? Of course. Would I have loved to have been oh, Robert wow. Gaines in Airplane? Yes. Um, uh, oh, God. You know, being Dr. Frankenfurter in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Um, so there are a lot of things, but, you know, Listen, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. I'm a, a smidgen under 5'2". The NBA was uh-huh. never in my future. <laughs> you know, I wasn't playing pro sports, although I was in the ball, and I was a hell of a baseball player. I could run like a gazelle, but I never grew to that certain point. So, you know, uh, you know, if you're going to equate it to me, if they did sort of like a remake or something of Taxi, I would want the Danny DeVito role. Oh, okay. Taxi, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, the, the twins oh, role of him and Schwarzenegger. I mean, that's a, that's a fun role for, you know, I'm not exactly, you know, in the best shape I've ever been in my life like anybody else, but um, I'm not overly heavy. I'm not a scene or any of that, you know, or, or obese, but I probably got an extra 15 pounds I could lose, you know. Um, but fun stuff, you know. Uh, there's so many great films, you know, that, that have been made, you know, and it's just, it's everybody's taste is different. Would I have wanted to be Richard Gere and Pretty Woman? Nah, that's not really my cup of tea. Nah, not yeah. my cup of tea. Yeah. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's a great movie, but that's not my cup of tea, you know. Um, Feel the Dreams. I would have loved to have been the Frank Wiley role. You know, the guy that's that the kid that turns into Burt Lancaster. Uh-huh. You know, that would have been fun. Pretty much any baseball movie, basketball movie, you could stick me in anywhere. But again, my size didn't, that, that wasn't available. Unless it was Bad News Bears, that's not going to be me at that at this point. You know, I mean, there's the ultimate role. How are you going to possibly even think 
about taking on the Humphrey Bogart and Casablanca. Gary Cooper is part of the Yankees. Dalton Heston is mm-hmm. How could you possibly even think that you could be put in those iconic roles and be able to do that job? So there's a lot that goes into that question. It's not like, you know, oh, I'd love to have done this. But yeah, but, you know, you know, okay, you know, you want to be, um, oh, God. Uh, um, let me think of a, I got to think of a really good one for you. Uh, Ed O'Neill and Married with Children, Al Bundy. One of my favorite shows. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal role. But could I pull it off the way Ed pulled it off? Probably not. Ed's a master. Ed's a genius. And a friend of mine, but that's beside the point. It's it's one of those, you know, man, that's a great question. You know, other roles, you know, Home Alone. I mean, let's face it, you know. Almost, you know, and I and I don't take anything away from Macaulay at all because you know he was top of the thing. Could a hundred kids have done that? Yeah, maybe not as good, but they would have been close to different. You know. Yeah. Um. Uh. Oh God. You know, uh, Alfonso Ribeiro in in Fresh Prince. You know, I'm not black. I get that. I'm kind of using that as an right. example. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not a I'm not a dancer. You know. I've I've said to this day, Alfonso Ribeiro was the best of all of us of that era, of that generation, the best of all of us. Sing, act, really, of all the child whatever stars. you threw at him, he was by far the most rounded, talented of any of the child stars from 1980 to probably mid 90s. By far, there wasn't anybody who was close to him. That he was just that Broadway does the Pepsi commercial with Michael Jackson. Then he silver spoons. Yeah. So he's on television. He's on commercials. He's on Broadway. Then he goes to television with Fresh Prince. And there's not a person under the age of 35 who doesn't know the Carlton dance. You know, <laughs> that's an iconic thing. You know, have, have always had the utmost respect for the guy's talent. He was unmatched. There's just nobody that could do everything that he could do. You know, there are people that are lucky. You know, they get one thing or this thing and, you know, whatever it is, and maybe it's an ensemble, maybe not, whatever it is. You know, I actually did a pilot before Friends with Matt LeBlanc. You know, Matt LeBlanc Mm -hmm. is the greatest actor on planet Earth to play Matt LeBlanc. (laughs) He is the best. I mean, Friends was great. I mean, you watch the old Married with Children's with him, and he's playing Matt LeBlanc. And then you see, I mean, I did a pilot that's called TV 101. I think it lasts a season or two. He plays Matt, he plays Matt LeBlanc. And then he does Friends, and he's Matt LeBlanc. And he does, and he does you know, Joey. He's Matt LeBlanc. And I don't know if you've seen it. There's, there was a series <laughs> that he did on Showtime called Episodes. Not it, anybody out there that. Showtime? You have Showtime. It's called Episodes. It may be one of the top ten funniest shows I've ever seen on television. Really? I'm not an easy critic. I'm not a pushover. And it's just absolutely hilarious. Well written. The other actors in the show are great. And Matt's phenomenal. Why? He plays Matt LeBlanc. (laughs) I guess that makes it easy for him. (laughs) 
but he's fantastic. I mean, he's got great timing, great instinct. He plays Matt LeBlanc. He's amazing. I, I, I appreciate Ryan Reynolds. That guy, you put him in anything, and yeah. he just changes. He's like the chameleon. He can do anything. Love that guy. His wife, Blake Lively, she's another one. Do anything. Just give me something. You know, Scarlett Johansson can do all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of talented, talented people out there. And there's a lot of people that just get lucky. They get that one thing, and it's just jackpot. And you don't ever have to work again in your life. You know, you get the one job, and whether it's one movie or four sequels, or it's the series that goes 10 or 12 or 13 years or 15 years, great. Yeah. Good for you. I'm happy for everybody. That's what's meant to be. All right, so let me. I I got a lot of friends. I got a lot of friends that are old child stars. You know, Todd Bridges, Steve Coogan, um, Jeremy Miller. You know, they've had success, and then some kept working a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. still works here and there, and Todd still works here and there, and Jeremy tries to get things here and there. You know, we're all kind of just hanging in there. You know, but there's a lot of talent that hasn't been touched because people just some revisit and some don't, and that's just the way that that goes. You know, but I want all of my my peers to do well. Right. I was going to ask you about some of your peers of back peers. in the in the 80s. <laughs> your peers yep. back in the 80s. Um, were you all, was it a pretty close-knit group as far as, uh, you know, young actors back then? I, I mean, did you make it a point to try to uh, get an opportunity to meet each other whenever there was a chance? Well, it's, it's kind of a double double answer to this. Remember, I grew up in New Jersey, so I wasn't a Hollywood kid. I didn't get on other things other than shows I did. Now, I came okay. out in, in 1987, the beginning of 87, and started meeting people. Uh, you know, I already knew Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss. I knew her when she was a New York kid. You know, um, Scott Grimes, Haney, my new from shooting the thing with him, Kirk Cameron, Brian Bloom, Alfonso was out here. Uh, oh, God, there, there was a, a meeting that we had, uh, a, a, a party that was, that was made for us for child actors, and I got to meet David Pacino, which is in Applegate. I met them then on the set, whatever, um, of Married with Children. Uh, so we sort of made it a point to at least hang out once a month to, to kind of get to know each other. How are you doing? Congratulations. Your show's doing great. The movie's doing great, whatever it is. Um, you know, uh, Debbie Gibson came, Tiffany came. I think that I know Debbie came um, a couple times. Um, okay. You know, and there were others. That Debbie were Gibson out of the blue. Know. I remember that. A wonderful woman. Oh God. You know, I mean, I met her at one of the things, and I had her phone. She gave me her phone number, and of course, she's a fan of mine because she grew up with me. I'm in the movies. Okay, fine. And. Um, she was playing New York, and there was an after party at, um, oh, God, the Hard Rock Cafe in New York. And one of my good friends from, that I grew up with, he wanted to go so bad. And I called up Debbie, and I said, listen, I, I, I don't normally ask for this shit, but this was one of my close friends. I grew up with him. He ain't coming to the show, but he wants to come to the Hard Rock. She's like, what's his name? I'll put him on the guest guest list. That's and he great. went in, and he found her. And he said, thank you. You know, my name is Brian. I'm Scotty's friend. And she's like, oh, my God, it's so nice to meet you. He told me, and she gave him a hug, and she talked to him. I, 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 I'll send her an email, whatever. And, I mean, just a wonderful girl, you know, wonderful woman. 
Tiffany's the same way. She's great. I'll send her a text or call her or email, whatever. You know, we see each other once in a, here and there. It's, you know, once a year, once every other year, whatever. You know. But right. that's how we kind of got to meet all of our peers. That's when I started meeting everybody out here was, you know, through the, the gathering. And I was the only that one who drove because cool. I was old enough and they weren't. <laughs> You know, I, I, always I was I, I was Uberman. I was Uberman. You know, this you know, one person would call Scotty, hey listen, what are you doing right now? Nothing. Could you give me a ride? I gotta go over to so and so. Okay. <laughs> you know, I always wondered when I was younger if, you know, all the 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 stars from back in the eighties just knew each other and hung out. Because, you know, as a young kid, I just assumed everyone lived in Hollywood and you all knew each other. And I was like, well, you know, does this group know the the cast of the Facts of Life? Or does this group know, you know, the Ricky Schroeder from Silver Spoons? And, you know, things of that nature. And I was always curious about that as a kid. So I appreciate you shedding some light on that. I'm pretty sure you all have crossed paths later in life. And that's, that's pretty cool. But, I mean, they're jobs, you know, and it's different because you can't go to regular school. So, I mean, you can't create a group of friends in school because you're on a set. So, it's who's ever on the set, if you're one of two kids, three kids on a set, whatever it is. Um, you know, Charles in Charge, they had three kids in the very first cast. Um, friends with them in the second cast. I'm friends with some of them in the second cast. Um, but you're on a set, and there's the stand-ins that you've got, and that's about it for the kids, you know. Now it's like you're shooting Charles and Charge on the Universal lot, and they're shooting the Facts of Life two sound stages over. If you go to the commissary, you run into people. Oh, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm shooting this show. Oh, I'm shooting yeah. this show. Okay. So they become friendly that way. Um, there, there was an event that they used to hold, Youth and Film Awards, every September, October. He got September, October. And um, September. And all of the kids from show business would go there. And they would have voted on who they wanted to win the award for best actor, you know, young actor, yes, performance in a movie or whatever it was. Uh, but that's once a year, you know. You know, some of them got each other's phone numbers, and if they live close enough, you know, and they, they weren't busy or it's a weekend and then they don't have PR stuff to do or they don't have any commitments, you know, yeah, they'll go over to this one's house or that one's, you know, apartment or whatever it is, you know. Kids are going to be kids. They're going to find a way to hang out, but it's the time. You know, when you're on a series, you've got responsibilities. It's not only the show. Then you've got PR stuff you've got to do, and you've got to do a photo shoot for this magazine, and you've got to do a photo shoot for the show, and you've got to be seen at this red carpet event for this thing. I mean, you know, there's so much that, that it entails. It's not a simplistic thing by any means. It's come home, that's it. It doesn't work like that. Okay. And it seemed like the dream job when I was a kid. So <laughs> Listen, there is no question. I, I, there is no question that being an act, a working actor on a series or in movies, everything is what you make it. If you make it to be heavy duty work, then it's heavy duty work. If you take it that absolutely. you're an actor and you're enjoying what you're doing. It's much, much better. There are people that I know that just love what they do. People that I know don't enjoy what they do, but they make too much money, so that's what they do. 
you know. There is no doubt I would have loved to have been on a series for four years, five years, eight years, ten years. I would have kept my mouth shut. You don't say a word. I don't care who I like, who I don't like. You go. You do the show. (laughs) Thank you. You do the PR. And you understand at the end of the day, when this thing is over and it runs five, eight, nine, ten years, whatever it is, you don't have to really work another day in your life. You just, you're done. You are good. You're solid. You know, but not what it's meant to be. You know, but dream job, yeah, it's a pretty damn cool job. Everybody is a fan of somebody. Even if you're you're a 12-year-old kid and you're working on television and whatever, you know, you might enjoy the blacklist as far as the TV series goes, but you're not on that show. You're on another show. Okay, fine. But you get invited to the Emmy, and there's James Spader. I mean, how cool is that? You're a fan of this guy, you know? Right. You, you, you work on, you work, you know, in films. And if you get to be in a, 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 a nominated film of any kind and you're a member of the cast, you get invited. Now you get to go to the Academy Awards, and who the hell knows who you're going to see there? Because everybody's there, you know. Exactly. exactly. You could be sitting ten. You could be sitting ten feet from Morgan Freeman, Clint Eastwood, Harrison Ford, whoever it is. They're there. So the perks, as they said, are amazing. You know, the friendships you can make are amazing. You know. There are people I would love to meet. There are people I really don't want to meet. That's just the way that that goes. You know? <laughs> uh, you know, but I want I, I want most most all people to live good lives, enjoy their life. I got a, I met Justin Bieber. You know, I met oh, him a couple okay. of years ago. I say, and when I say a couple, I mean like two years ago. So I'm like around 50 years old, man. Now, you could put a Justin Bieber song on, put a gun to my head and say, who is it? You'd shoot me. I'd be dead. I wouldn't know what the hell it is. <laughs> I don't listen to that stuff. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Okay, one of my jobs for a couple of years, I was the president of a minor consideration, which was an organization for child labor law. It was my job to be the mouthpiece, you know, and tell people things. <laughs> and he was, you know, at a, excuse me, a restaurant. And he had just ordered, and I said, I got to say something to the guy. I have to. It's my job. So I introduced myself, and his two buddies knew who I was. He didn't have a clue, but that's okay. And I said to him, dude, enjoy the ride. Enjoy the roller coaster. Don't crash and burn. Save your money. You could have enough money for 10 lifetimes and five generations of your family. Enjoy the ride. Find a nice girl. Get married. Move the hell out of here, out of Hollywood. Go buy a house someplace else and just enjoy your life. Just enjoy it. And I said some other things, whatever, and then the waitress came over, and one of his buddies grabbed me. He's like, where did you come from? I said, well, I was outside when you pulled in. He's like, no, 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 no. Where did you come from? He goes, people don't talk <laughs> to him like that. Fanboy. Notice I didn't ask him for a picture exactly. or an autograph. I just wanted to give him some, some good advice. And he goes, well, that's the whole point. Nobody does that. People are yes men. Everybody says yes to him. You're the first guy ever that I've ever heard say anything sensible to him about life in general. I said, well, I'm an old guy. I've been around the business a long time. Once you hit 40 years in show business, it's like, okay, I put in my time, you know? And, and he was nice, and Justin was nice. Okay, fine. And like six months later, he met Haley Baldwin. And look at that. He got married. Look at that. Bought a house in Canada. Look at that. 
Did anything I say have any yeah, effect yeah. on him? I have no idea. He's still in Hollywood, you know, he's got the house and whatever, but he's still making money, still doing his thing. He's still a young kid. God bless him. Let him make another five hundred million. I could care less. What I wanted to say to him was enjoy your life. Have a good time. When this isn't fun anymore, you got enough. You know, go. Enjoy your life. Make babies. Have fun. You know, I'm, I'm, I have not one percent, one tenth of a percent of jealousy in my body that, you know, this guy got this. So what? Good for him. You know, I'm seeing him live happy. You know, again, I'm not a fan, but I want to see him not go the route we've seen other people take that have the DUIs and the stupid moves and the $100,000 cars and then exactly. they're broke. And then it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, there was a kid that was on a TV series for 12 years and he's broke as broke can be. You know, it's like, how did you do that? How did you piss away $12 million? What are you doing? But I, you know, I agree I, with you. I, I kind of have the same mindset, whereas I, I, have no type of jealousy towards someone who makes a lot of money, but I do feel angry when they blow the opportunity. No that, that's kind of how I feel about it. You know, I'm glad that you made it, but if you blow it, then I have a problem with it. Well, you know, because it's a waste a of talent at that point. To, to say you have a problem with it, that would basically mean you're their father and they screwed up under your watch. If they screw it up and they blow it, it's the disappointment of saying, how did somebody not reach out to this guy and say, hey, what are you doing, oh, yeah, man? Yeah. Very true. You know, you know, there are people, my God, you know, they made tens of millions and they blow it. And you look at them and you go, how did you do it? How? How is it possible? How many houses do you need? You really needed that 18 18- century bottle of wine for $28,000? What are you talking about? What are you doing? You know, now if it's an investment, you didn't drink it. That's one thing. It's another thing. If you broke open a bottle and you drank it, that's a $28,000 bottle of wine, dude. What are you, nuts? You know, but, you know, they're people that they buy artwork. They could blow blow a lot of cash, you know. I mean, Nicholas Cage, you know, it's been said, you know, he had to sell this house, sell that house. You know, the guy that sells his action one comic book, Superman, you know, whatever. And it's just like now he made money on it. That was actually an investment. That I don't have a problem if you want to buy artwork, you want to buy vintage memorabilia that is going to do nothing but go up over the course of time. Oh, it's an investment. Okay, it's like a stock. You bought a stock. It costs you half a million dollars. The stock goes up for $1.2 million. doesn't matter what it is. If it's a piece of toilet, action one, it doesn't matter. It was an investment. Okay, I get that. It's when you just blow money just to blow it. Oh, I need that $300,000 car. Excuse me? On the 405 freeway in California, when it's all backed up and it's bumper to bumper, guess what? That $300,000 car moves just as fast as the Ford <laughs> next to it that costs 22000 <laughs> That's the a good Lamborghini, point. The Lamborghinis, the Lamborghinis, and the, 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 this is this kind of car. And that, what are you doing? What are you doing? People want to buy a Rolls Royce, 150000 $200,000. I get it. It's comfort. It's all that. You get stuck in traffic. 
man, that car better be massaging you and giving you air conditioning like you've never seen, and that radio <laughs> better be the greatest thing since twice fresh. Turn on the radio in a Rolls Royce. I want to see Neil Diamond pop right out of my radio to sit next to me to sing to me for the 200 grand I paid for this car. <laughs> you know, if I'm, li- if I'm listening to Bon Jovi, John and Richie better be in the back seat doing something in that $250,000 car, man. Come on. I heard that. You know, so you know, people squander it because they they have this this sense of, of invincibility. The gravy train is never gonna end. You know, and that's that's what they have. Now, have people blown it and come back? Well, sure. You know, we've seen that a couple times, you know, because they're still a name and they can make money and okay, fine. You know, but most people, that doesn't happen. Once you get the brass ring, you better keep it. I, I you know, it's, it's, and it's sad that some of the child stars, they had problems with their parents and money and like Gary with all of his stuff. You know, that's just sad, you know. You know, and, and it, does it happen? Yeah. You know, we don't want it to happen. But the law says the parents are entitled to this and this and this, and they can do what they want with this and this, and that's what happens. You know? You know, I, I, I don't want to see child actors get into trouble. I don't want to see them get into drugs. And I don't want to see them get DUIs and nonsense and fights. And, you know, I need an entourage of people. No, you don't. Again, I use me even though even though it wasn't crazy for me. I never had the insanity of the Justin Bieber's, you know, or Gary, you know, of the, the, the matches just going crazy. I never had that. But I had one friend of mine that went with me places everywhere I went. My friend Andy, you know, who's still my friend. I've known the kids in sixth grade, you know. He's, all, he's been there for me. He's my brother. He was my right hand. I'm going somewhere. He's going somewhere. I would do stuff. You wouldn't even believe the stuff that I did with this guy. I was going to Chicago for a football game. So I tell him on Thursday night, hey, tomorrow we're getting on a plane. This is what I would tell him on the phone. We're, we're seniors in high school. He'd be like, where are we going? Just pack a warm bag. We're, just, we're getting on the plane. We're going to someplace cold. He, he would tell his mom, I'm going somewhere with Scotty. Oh, okay. That's all he would say. And, we were, <laughs> and I paid for his flight, of course. And we, we jumped the flight to Chicago. And he's like, what the hell are we doing? I said, dude, we're going to stay uh, with the Bears tonight. We're going to hang out with them tomorrow. And Sunday's the game. And Sunday night, we're coming home on the last flight out so we can be home late. And then we'll be at school on Monday. Okay. My right-hand man. You know, when I worked, I worked WrestleMania 2, not 20, not 22, 86, excuse me, 86, April 7th of 86. It was Monday night. Andy came with me. We went and we worked the show. We didn't get home until, I don't know, 2 o'clock in the morning, something like that. Dropped him off at his house. I went home next day, saw him in school. We had a home room together. He, his last name starts with an S. My name starts with an S. We sat a couple <laughs> seats away from each other. And we were exhausted. And we just sat there and we laughed. <laughs> but I actually got him on the video. I got him on the video for at WrestleMania too, so that was good. I had him inside the, the rail and all that stuff. You know. But it was experiences that I shared with him and I brought him along. He was my right hand guy. So my brother. But we had fun, you know. But I, I never got the insanity. But I always had one person with me just in case, you know, during that time. 
it's different now. I think you know, the money right. is different. The fame is different. It's much different. It's the, everything. Yeah, it's the social media. It's the internet. It's the TMZs, and everybody's got a website and a blog and this and that and everything else. And the the criticism levied on people is twenty four seven, never ending. You know, it's uh, it's a lot different than what it, you know. And I mean. Uh, you know, again, I mean, I went to a school in New York for two years, my sophomore, junior years of high school, and my classmates were Ricky Lake and Christian Slater, Martha Plimpton, Malcolm Jamal Warner, Anthony Michael Hall, Alon huh. Mitchell Smith, you know, Jennifer Blanc, uh, who was on Angel, and she's married to Michael Bean. Um, oh, God. You know, these are my classmates. You know, saw each other all the time. You know, it was a professional school that kids in show business and whatever. But there was no TMZ standing outside waiting for us. Now there's TMZ that waits for kids to come out of school so they can get a comment on something. Come on, really? Yeah. You know? And what, it may not be TMZ because somebody else with a camera and they got a blog or whatever the hell it is. You know, everybody's become a journalist now. Quote, unquote, journalist. A blogger. You know, everybody's got an opinion. Okay. You know, opinions are like, uh, you know what, and everybody's got one. Okay, fine. You know, and, and people truly believe that their opinion matters. They truly believe that. Their opinion matters. Now, again, I'm, if I can speak for myself. If I, at night, when I'm, before I go to bed, I wash my face, I brush my teeth, I look at myself in the mirror. If I'm okay with the person that I am, I'm okay. I don't care what Mary Jo said in Oklahoma and Kathy said in South Dakota and Bob said in Dallas. And this one, I don't care. If I, I know the person I am, I know I'm a good person. I know I'm a caring person. I'm comfortable with me. I'm good. You can say what you want. That's okay. You know, there's, there's one child saw I don't get along with at all because he just, he wouldn't know the truth or anything if you slapped him in the face with it. And he and I have butted heads for two years now. I take it that we're not going to get a name. Corey Feldman. Oh, okay. You asked. If you didn't ask the question, <laughs> I wouldn't answer. But you asked the question, so I'll answer. Okay. You know, I appreciate that. So many, so many things for years now you said about Corey Haim that aren't accurate. They're not true. They're total nonsense and BS. But he keeps talking. You know, and I have to do podcasts and other things to straighten out his nonsense. It's what I have to do because I was there. You know, when he wasn't doing so good or he needed something, he would call me. He'd come to my place. We would talk, you know. And, uh, you know, Mr. Feldman has just had other opinions. And a lot of them are not true. They're hogwash. You know, they don't, nothing he has said over the last couple of years is held water, doesn't mean anything. It's BS, not truth, accusations about certain people doing certain things. Nope, not true. You know, people can look this stuff up. But, you know, there's just a person who has rubbed me the wrong way for a long time because I don't nonsense. Don't sit in front of me and, and tell me the sky is black when I know the sky is blue. There ain't no rain here, dude. Sky is as blue as can be. Don't tell me it's black. 
But he says things enough time, people believe him. But that doesn't make it true. It doesn't make it right. This is true. You know, so a lot of things about Corey Haynes aren't accurate. They're not true. He's accused people of things. They're not accurate. They're not true. Well, how do I know these things? Because I was there. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not out to protect anybody because they're my best friends and any of that kind of stuff. No. Speaking this from experience, I say it the way that it is. If you can't deal with it, like I said, I really don't care. He's not paying my bills. He's not taking care of my life, and I don't want him to. I can take care of myself. Thank you, you know. Um, but this is just a bad person, you know. There's just been so many things over so many years that I know that he's hurt people. He's hurt families of people. He's tried to destroy people. He's a very vindictive person, you know. And because, again, I was the oldest. When I came out to L.A., I was, um, I was 18, going on 19 years old. And most yeah. of the guys were between 12 and 16. So I was the guy that looked at everybody and watched. And I'm a people person. I'm an observer. I've always been that way from the time I was a kid. Very observant. So I know the things that went on. I know who did what, who dated who, who did what. This one did this. Okay. I know all these things. And he's been on drugs for 30 years. Now, if you want to believe him, okay, believe him. That's your right. You want to believe the guy who's on drugs for over 30 years, or you want to believe somebody who's not? You know, <laughs> who has a pretty good recollection of everything. Wow. And there are, there are you know, <laughs> people that are other actors that he's accused, oh, this, oh, that, Corey Heyman. It's baloney. I know better. Corey Haynes told me what happened. I know who did it. The name is out there. There's one person. His initials are DB. Actually, he's dead, so it doesn't matter. Dominic Roger was He's dead. He ain't coming back to sue me, so it don't matter. That's who mm. did something with Haynes, and Feldman says, oh, there's this, and oh, there's that. But then he has nothing to back it up because there's nothing. He just spouts it because he spouts it. People, oh, my God, oh, my God. Boom. These things are not true. You know, and I don't like people like that, you know. Now, I'll give you the flip side. To him is Todd Bridges. Todd Bridges, one of the most honorable guys I've known. He's open. He's honest. I've known him 30 years. He's been clean and sober for 30 years. I mean, that's what he, that's who he is. Call me just to shoot the bull. What's going on? How's your family? I said the same. You know, this is a good person, a caring person, a guy with a mm -hmm. heart. You know, Corey Feldman said his father stole his money. You know, throws his father under the bus when, in fact, it wasn't his father. It was another parent of his that he had that he'll never talk or blame, but that's who it was. So if it's not the father, you know who it is. She was very imbalanced, always was. Um, but, you know, his father takes the brunt of it. Says, oh, I was beaten as a child. Well, the minute you hear that, 99% of the people are going to go, oh, my God, his father was a horrible person, when, in fact, from 10 to 15 yeah. years old, he didn't live with his father, but he didn't live with him. He lived with his mother. Bob Feldman, stand-up guy, Corey's father, stand-up dude. Known him a long time. Known him since way back. I came out to California, stand-up guy. Honorable businessman. Tried to do the right thing. His son listened to the wrong people, and they throws him under the bus. 
Feldman threw <laughs> Judy Hame under the bus. She's a horrible mother. She's this, she's that. Judy Hame is a wonderful, loving, caring mother. Always has been. Known this woman since 85. Oh, my God. We're talking 35 years I've known this woman. Nothing but a caring, loving, incredible woman. Wonderful mom. Great mom. She has more than one kid, too, you know. So, you know, this is, this is, a, this is a good woman. This is a good person. She has a heart. Feldman doesn't care. Lori doesn't care. You throw her under the bus and lie and lie and lie. and Why? Because he plays the victim. He is the victim. You need to be sympathetic for the things that happened to him in the 80s. This is what you need to be sympathetic for. Oh, give me money. You know, give me money. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I need money. I need money. Please give me money. And people do. There are his fan base that will listen to this and think I'm crazy. But they suckered boy monstrous. Mm. You know, it it takes a lot for me to hold ill will against anyone. Anyone. I'm a divorced guy. I have an ex-wife. I don't hate my ex-wife. I'm not a big fan of my ex-wife, but I don't hate her. <laughs> you know, I, I you know, uh, you know, there's, there's been very few people in my life that I really just despise, but there has to be a damn good reason for it. You know, you're a good person. You make a mistake, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. You know? Right, right. But if you're if you're a good person, okay, you let things slide, and you make do with whatever it is, and you just continue on. You know, but that guy, Mr. Corey Feldman, is not a good guy. And I'm saying this on the radio. This is my opinion, which I am entitled to under the First Amendment of the Constitution of this country. Hey, so we love opinions on this show. Uh, listen, if he hears it, and then he's going to say, I'm a pedo protector, I'm a member of the wolf, not in the slightest. I just don't like people who are totally F-O-F. I don't even say the word on the radio. And he's, he's totally F-O-F. People know what that is. He's full of it. I okay. enjoy a life with no drama and no nonsense and none of that crap. And the last 10 years since Corey Haynes passed away, I've had loads of it just because of him. Because inevitably, he says something, somebody calls me. He writes something, somebody sends me a text message or an email. Did you hear what he said? You know what he said. Judy Hayne will send me things. Other mutual friends will send me things. So I've been a part of this for 10 years already, and it's enough. You know, let Corey Hayne rest in peace. God rest his soul. Miss him, my little bro. Let him rest in peace. Let his mother be able to grieve. She's not been able to grieve 10 years because Feldman has not allowed her to grieve. It's always something else, something else, something else. Yeah, I mean, you know, going on national television, this and that, and then she has to come out and say something. This is a mother that lost her child. Leave her alone, for God's sake. Talk about yourself. Leave the other guy out of it. But he can't do it. He cannot do it. I don't like people like that. Not good people. Richard Breyer I understand completely. was an absolutely incredible man. He was my teacher. He was my muse. From the day I met him until the day he couldn't talk anymore, 
he was my teacher. I could call him. I can ask the thing. Go over to his house. Go out to dinner. Go out to a lunch. Have lunch in the house. Whatever it was. He was my teacher. He was, a, he was an amazing human being that gave me an incredible amount of knowledge. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this about Richard. And um, then we have about three minutes left on the show. But after – I think that the toy was shot – after he had the incident with the fire, the explosion, and everything, uh-huh. when he was sent to the hospital, but did uh-huh. you? I know you. I know you said that he was very cerebral um, outside of when he was, I guess, in in comedy mode. But was there anything that you saw as far as some of the things that he was going through? I, I recently saw a documentary on him on ABC, and he was very cerebral as far as the conversations he had with Barbara Walters and things of that nature. But uh, did you notice anything that seemed like he wasn't, you know, um, like when, in and, the moment? And I, say I, have to say, I have to say it's the only way because of when I was there. When I was around him, he never did drugs. There was no Coke that I saw, no pills. He had a drink yeah. or two. He always had a, a glass of something. You know, again, that's his right. Okay, fine. How many people drink? It's legal. Okay, fine. Um, never did he say, hey, man, do you want to do a line of Coke? That never happened. That was not him. He he was the other guy. He became, you know, he said to me, son, I never had. So he was my teacher, you know, and he didn't put me in arm's way. And there were things, I guess, that happened later as, you know, he was getting sick. And, you know, he, he was on stage yeah, at the comedy yeah. store and still doing stand-up. And I, I, from what I understand from other people, yeah, there was stuff that he did, but it wasn't in my presence. Never would he just break out something. Hey, man, you want to do this? You know, that just wasn't him. He didn't want to put me in that position. He wanted to protect me, you know, and keep me safe. You know, and, I, and I'm blessed that I had the time that I had with him. You know, and, and there's no doubt greatest human being ever. No doubt. You know, but that was all after he he burned himself up. You know, he wanted to become a different person, a better person, a good-hearted person. That's the Richard I got. Okay, okay, I was curious yeah. about that. And well, Scott, it's been a pleasure to to, to speak with you. This has been a great story. I mean, just the insight you provided to so many people and. Some people I've completely forgotten about and that I, I enjoyed growing up. And um, the the stories, the experiences that you have, I mean, no one can take that away from you. I think that's great. Even to go to Lula, Mississippi, out of all places, you know, who would have thought that you would wind up in an, at a Isla Capri Casino in Lula, Mississippi? But, that's uh, it. Isla Capri Casino with uh, Hollywood Jimmy Blaylock. Hollywood Jimmy Blaylock is the promoter of that show. I give him a shout out. Had Lawler there. Dan Sierra was the guy I got to jump on. I give everybody a plug. I love all them guys. Had a blast. All right. But yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's great. And um, so it was a pleasure speaking with you. And hopefully we can do it again in the future. And, um, you know, once your book comes out or, or, or something Actually, else. I'm going to throw one last thing in here. Uh, there was a wrestler in the 80s, a woman wrestler named Rockin' Robin Smith. She wrestled Cindy, uh, with Wendy Richter and all of them. And the trivia thing is okay. she grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She grew up in Baton Rouge. She was an extra in the toy with me. 
when she was a kid. Okay. Rockin' Robin Smith. Rockin' Robin. Hmm, that that's doesn't she know that. Yep. So she was an extra in the right, and cool. then she became a WWF Women's Champion. Great. That's just like a last kickoff of, of all this stuff. Listen, this was a blast. I had a fun time. This was terrific. When the when the book comes out, just give me a shout, and we can talk about the book and all that stuff. That sounds great. I really appreciate it. And I just Googled Rockin' Robin Smith, only to find out that her brother was Jake the Snake Roberts. How about that? That That is correct. And her other huh. brother wrestled, too. And, oh, my God, I can't think of his name. Oh, I can't think of his name. Let's see where her... Her dad was Grizzly Smith, who was a professional yeah. wrestler. And her brother, let's see, Michael Smith, better known as Sam Houston, was a WWF wrestler from 87 to 91. Yes. Oh, yeah. man. That is the whole wrestling family. That's great. And she was on the toy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit of trivia, but... Uh... Listen, everybody out there listens to the show. Take it slow and easy. Take it easy. Take a deep breath. The thing's not going to last forever. Everybody's going to hopefully, who's ever got it, hopefully they can, you know, a lot of people are gone, but most people will be okay, you know, and, uh, you know, take every day as it is. Enjoy it with your families and, uh, you know, live prosperously and be happy and be healthy. And that's going to do it for this T2Q podcast. Go to TalkToQ.com, and that way you can sign up for the email newsletter and be alerted to new shows as they come out. I'm on Twitter at TalkToQ, and that's Talk, the number two Q. So I want to thank all of you for listening to this podcast of T2Q, and I'll see you next time.